At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music. Jillian is co-founder of Moz, and I am the author of Global Search Engine Marketing. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more about that at outlinesventure.com. Today, Jillian and I want to talk about something that comes up often as we are working with uh, CEOs and CMOs at companies, and it has to do with revenue and forging profitable revenue share agreements for service companies. We get asked this a lot, a lot at conferences, a lot in our coaching sessions. So we would like to take this half hour and drill down into it pretty deep. Jillian, you ready? You got your dive suit on? I do. I absolutely do. And it is a deep dive. No question about it. (laughs) Good to do this, Anne. So let's take it from kind of how the whole thing works. Uh, We might define revenue sharing agreements. It's where a service company, and in our case, it's mostly the uh, digital marketing companies who are asking us about this. They say, how can we work with a client who simply can't afford to pay us the X number of thousand dollars up front for whatever work we're about to do? And what we say is there are number of ways, you know, spreading out the payments and this and that and the next thing. But revenue share agreements create a long-term, if you will, uh, arms around relationship between the service provider and the provider of goods, usually retail or B2B and so on, that are selling some kind of a product. In this case, online e-commerce companies who need somebody not only to develop a website but to manage it, maintain it, and market it, and so on, and help them with content, etc., right? They need somebody long-term. 
So if you're thinking about a revenue share agreement, what it means is you don't necessarily get paid a whole lot up front. You'll get something, right? And then from there, every time that other guy makes a buck, you get a corner off the dollar or the isn't rupee this or also the pound or the euro. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this also a, a, a performance compensation? It isn't. Yeah, yeah, you know what? A performance compensation is different. A performance compensation is something that would be uh, tied to a bonus, if you will, or cash at all, ah, gotcha. assuming that you reach a specific goal or achieve a specific thing. As in, if you complete the website development and it launches by December 31st of the year, then you will get X number of dollars. If it goes into January, then you start getting dinged or maybe you know it's a smaller thing and you don't get paid at all until you accomplish it. That's quite different. So the term is actually quite clear. It's revenue Sharing and emphasis on sharing the revenue. Correct. That's correct. Right. So how does it work? Here are the basics. You want to keep it simple. You want to have trust and an open books policy, if you will. You grow the business for mutual benefit. You go from strategy to tactics. Who does what tasks? What resources will each company commit to uh, to supply and so on? There are contacts. You've got to have two people where the buck stops, one in each company. There will be bumps in the road, and we'll talk about how to smooth them out for an easy ride. And then finally, we're going to talk about financial processes. So that's a lot of stuff to cover in a half hour. By keeping it simple, what I mean is that a revenue share agreement is more like a constitution than a contract. You want to keep it simple and straightforward. You focus on strategy, and then you let the staffers write the letter of the law. Right? Establish a payment schedule based on an adjusted gross number. This is gross sales less gross returns and postage or something similar to that. Right? It's not a percent of net sales. In this way, each company keeps tabs on its own overhead costs. Right? A net number can be zero every single time. Right? There's all kinds of ways to spend the gross, so be careful. You want only gross sales minus the returns and maybe the postage or something like that. You figure it out, but very clear, very simple. The agreement has merely generated a line item cost and income for the respective companies. Got it? Super yep. simple. All right. For, the best, uh, for simplicity, again, those best agreements, they include all sales not just online sales. For example, a website and a web presence and the promotion is going to affect every sale. A custom phone number and email addresses can provide some kind of easy tracking method to see where the sales are coming from and how the web efforts affect them, but people will walk into the store more frequently. They'll find you on mobile devices because the company, the service company, has done its job and now you can be found. If they walk into the shop and they buy stuff, how do you know whose sale it is? Make a revenue agreement where you take a smaller percentage of the sale, but you take all sales Makes because you're promoting sense. all sales. You don't want to say, I only want them to buy online. That doesn't work. Okay. So I generally set a base level of sales at the provider company, well, how should I say, the, um, the vendor company is, is going to be uh, doing things, right? So uh, they're the guys that make the product, all right? So I generally set a base level of sales based on the average sales volume per month being made by the client over the prior six to 12 months, okay? So okay. kind of decide between you, six, nine, 12 months, whatever, right? This is before your agreement is written. So you take the trailing number of months that you agree upon, you take the average monthly uh, sales volume, you say, you know what, you're making that stuff anyway, I'm not taking any money on that, 
I'm going to get a percentage of the adjusted gross online sales for all the sales you make over that sum. Today you're taking in $10,000 a month. I'm going to bring you $100,000 a month. I'm only taking money on the $90,000 delta. How could anybody turn that down? Such a deal. Yeah, such a deal. Well, it's possible to turn it down, and we can talk about that, and it might take a whole other show about the nuances of whether it's actually a brilliant idea for all parties. In the end, I always say, you know what? This is the most expensive way you could hire us. You know, it's not possible to pay us more because you're going to pay us for the next five years or six years or whatever you want to set this. So you do want to set long-term contracts, by the way, folks, Yes, because almost all the work is done up front. If they simply paid for the website, that would be one thing. But over time, because you're going to bring them a significant amount of new business, they will pay you a revenue share on all that new business for all those years, and it will be well worth it because you are their banker. That's right. That's what you're paying for. And that's the cost of money. Okay. So anyway, you understand how to set the base level, right? Whatever they're making today, they kind of average it up. Yep, that's fine. You made it. You keep it. After that, we're going to take a percentage of the delta between what I bring you in the future and what you're making today. All right. So trust. You're going to be the judges implementing the law. So it's a good idea to focus on your comfort levels with things like transparency, your level of record keeping, this open books comfort. Trust is engendered when both parties believe the other one to be an honest person. It's lost if both parties do not have the same definitions around these concepts and processes. So if you absolutely have to take a look at the other guy's book, well... He's going to have to open his books or you absolutely positively have to trust the other guy to let you know what that honest truth is. Maybe you get a third party and you say, all right, this is a large enough company. They're going to be audited on a regular basis. That's good enough for me. But generally, these revenue share agreements are made fairly early on and maybe there is not an auditor. So maybe that's an expense that has to be added into the business, in which case the two of you will share it. Figure it out. That's the writing the letter of the law. Okay. So we have a minute here before we make our next break. Let's talk about um, record keeping. You want to determine how the client is going to share the information. Ideally, the agency will build a completely new website for the client and will manage the website, including the back-end payment process. And that's a process for all the sales. Right, So the agency needn't accept the funds and pass them to the client, but the agency should be able to see every sale and see the entry for every return and the cost of the shipping and the changes and so on. And if you have both a brick and mortar that's going to take phone sales and the this and the that, in addition, those become more complex. Then you have to figure out other things. If it's just an e-commerce uh, site, and maybe they do have a phone bank. The phone bank has to use your back-end system to take all orders. If they're not using your system, then you have a problem. Okay? We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the financial aspects and the goodwill aspects of creating a revenue share agreement. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. 
Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and today we're talking about forging profitable revenue-sharing agreements. It's a deep dive, and we're really sweating the details so that you can, if it's right for you, you can, and your company, that you can... Uh, Make sure you make all the proper steps to make it work for you. So I would think the financial is especially key. Um, we've talked about uh, record keeping. We've talked about transparency. Let's talk about financial. So this is the the huge element of trust, of course. So especially in the beginning of the process, before all the procedural kinks are worked out, and the efficiencies are built in by the agency to serve and imp- be implemented by the client, right? There will be sales made by phone and emails. There'll be returns, rebates, refunds granted that aren't necessarily reflected in the system that's seen by the agency. So after the systems are all put in place, sales made outside the website can still be hidden by the, uh, from the agency, even if there's an open books policy by the parties. Think about how easy that is, right? The agency needs to be comfortable with this. Ergo, the agency must trust the client to be honest about the income and costs associated with agreement. If you can't trust each other as human beings, don't proceed. This is your trust the gut part of the agreement process. Trust your gut. I've done a number of revenue share agreements. There were two in particular that stand out that were absolutely wonderful. And I trusted both other parties, you know, where the buck stopped at the other side. I trusted them both to the ends of the earth. One of them, I would say, that's the last man on earth I do business with a handshake. Everybody else sign a contract. (laughs) Quite an extraordinary human being. And he trusted me that way too. Right. That guy called me up at the end of a year in which we had had a terrible year. I mean, we were just really scrambling. And he called me up to say that he owed me another $17,000 
because a customer that I brought to him who had done a, a job, he paid me for it or whatever, came back later in the year, did another project with them, and he hadn't made the connection. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the one Jillian brought me. He did not have to do that. I would never have known. But, boy, that took our butt out of a sling. Well, okay. that's great. Right. Now, on the flip side, the client also has to have a great deal of trust. They're committing marketing dollars entirely or almost entirely to this partner agency. This is an arms around relationship, right? There's no more bidding out projects and sitting through dog and pony shows and selecting the lowest cost bidder who the client thinks can do a job, you know, and, and the specification, uh, which she or he usually knows little about is, you know, is no longer his problem and so on. And that's nice. It saves them a great deal of time. But it yeah. also means that the client is putting all or almost all their eggs in one basket. As there is an outside, you know, if there's an outside sales force doing what it always did, even that sales force is affected by the efficacy of the efforts of this agency. The client must trust that that agency is good, can get the job done, can keep the company's reputation safe and growing positively, will keep its employees at the bleeding edge of their game, right? And will keep the company ahead of its competition. So there's a lot of trust on both sides. I can see that. What about goodwill? Goodwill. That's a very good question. Um, the, The goodwill portion is that trust your gut. If you trust the other party, you will extend a certain amount of goodwill. It might not be appropriate for you to dig into the books of the other guy. You may just have to trust them. But if you do, then you trust in the goodwill of the other person, right? If you decide mutually that, you know, the balance is again that you're going to have an audit, that's sufficient too. That's kind of that goodwill piece. The fortitude, are these guys really going to hang in there long enough? Mm-hmm. Both parties are, you know, affected. So mutual benefit. The revenue share agreement permits both parties to escape the bonds, if you will, of that adversarial by nature relationship between vendors and buyers. In general, a client wishes to pay the least possible for the most amount of service. The agency wishes to obtain payments for, reasonably, the least possible number of human hours of labor, right? Because it all does boil down to human hours, no matter how you bid it, right? We all know that. So while good people moderate this prime directive, if you will, by keeping in mind the best interest of their client and the vendor so they can each stay afloat, right? And they provide a little more income and service respectively and so on. It's still an adversarial relationship by its very nature. In a revenue share project, the leadership meets regularly, both parties, right? As senior execs of either of their companies, right? And, and they come together, they plan for short and long-term goals, expenses, cash flow, income projections, right? They follow progress as a group. They're on the same side of the table. They're mutually impacted by the effort. For clients, it's like gaining a complete marketing department. You're just paying them in a different way than if they sat inside your office for five days a week. They work remotely, but they work not just for you, they work with you. And for agencies, it's like being embedded in the client's company. You finally get the freedom to do your best work without the usual, how much is this going to cost me, right? You also add your own vocabulary, this phrase, how much is it going to cost us? Okay, so that's, you know, the stick and the carrot there, right? How much and on what timeline are we likely to earn from this effort? How should we track it? 
right? It's no longer adversarial. Both parties want to do it. It beats the pants off that usual client marketer relationship that hobbles you from doing your best work and taking a fall and when, you know, instant returns are not evident. Long-term strategic thinking brings out the best campaigns. It sustains company and increasing financial health. And trust me, you're going to love it out there. <laughs> you sound like a fan. I'm absolutely a fan of this. If you are a services company and you're having trouble closing deals because you haven't established a reputation yet or just you want to work with companies that are just not ready to jump into it, but you know that you could make a huge difference, I'm a huge fan. There are a number of instances when this is an excellent choice. So how much time do I have left here? You've got two minutes. So why don't we start talking about exactly how you make it work? Yes. Let's talk about delegating tasks. Yes, exactly. That's where I was going with this. Yeah. I figured. (laughs) Ever the the project manager there, Anne. Yep. (laughs) All right. So from strategy to tactics, let's designate. Not in the agreement but among the senior leadership, right? That's a bit about hacking out the little rules and regulations later. Make sure that the agreement is clear, simple, and uh, only addresses things like how the revenue share should work and vaguely what each party will do, all right? So now, exactly who is tasked with specific deliverables and processes is an important thing, and that can change over time. But you want to get your contacts in order. You want to meet these people. You want to make work obligations clear as well as delivery times. So, for example, set regularly scheduled scheduled meeting with the key people who will make sure that this project moves smoothly between the companies. Don't forget to engage a bookkeeper who will be paying the rev share to be sure that everything is crystal clear there. What should they be paying on? What should they be reporting on? So on. This person will understand the nuances of the agreement that may escape senior management. So ask them for their input, maybe even before you sign that contract, because they may say, oh, well, if you do it that way, um, we are not sure. Iron it out. Even if it doesn't get listed exactly with all the minutiae into your contract. Determine who's going to write copy, take photos, upload images, make and track orders over time. Be prepared to have three people make the final decision on marketing campaigns so they don't get bogged down in committee. Maximum of three, right? Speed is of the essence. Slogging approvals destroys marketing campaigns. You need to get this in right away. And you have your two people where the buck stops, right? Absolutely. But are we out of time? Do we want to take a break here at CEO Coach? We are going to take a break here and um, come back after our break to talk more about how to set up a revenue sharing, um, mutually profitable rev sharing plan. I think uh, one of the things that I'd love to have you cover in the next segment is a little bit of the pitfalls and those kinds of things. So we'll be right back with CEO Coach. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and today Jillian and I are discussing how to set up a revenue sharing plan that is profitable between you and and the marketing agency, or vice versa, if you're the marketing agency, uh, how to set it up so that it is mutually agreeable and profitable. There are a lot of details to sweat here. We talked about trust. We talked about setting up financial processes. We talked about an open books policy. We talked about delegating tasks. If a company, say a service company, does all of these things, what are some of the pitfalls they need to watch out for? What are the bumps in the road? Yeah, there are a number of bumps in the road, but before we get to listing all of them, I'd say um, set two people in each, you know, one in each company. We keep talking about that kind of the head honchos here, right? It might not be the CEOs, but you get two people where the buck will stop. Absolutely. And set those names in the agreement, and essentially you set the titles of those people. You could say currently so and so, but you know, even if that so and so changes, you know, the the person moves on to another job and somebody takes it. You want to make sure this is what is going to happen, and they can be updated over time. So the founders and CEOs are generally the right people to name, but you know, when things hit the fan, there will be misunderstandings that rumble. Something just seems not right. Uh, you know. Two people will represent their companies. That way you have only two bodies to talk about it. So they must come together and speak as a single voice, like parents to errant children. Once they've sorted it out, solidarity is the key to making sure that employees from both companies work well, respect each other, and really know that this relationship is for the long term. So you think of it kind of like a corporate marriage. Most of what's going to go wrong in your revenue sharing agreement is communication. It will be a lack of communication, a slow communication, an imperfect communication that leads to a misunderstanding. Uh, it will be, uh, you know, whether somebody was supposed to write this content or that content or was supposed to come in on this time or that, or the content was written by the client company, but the marketing company thought it wasn't good enough. All of those things are communication, right? So again, think of it as a corporate marriage. Some of the children from either family may be a bit disgruntled about the whole idea. Sharing ideas, tasks, and power with others is not always easy to change. Right? But being responsible for new deliverables and new internal customers can also rankle. It's all communication issues. Smooth them out. 
by acting as a single positive voice from both companies, hold two company meetings, explain what, why, and how clearly. Don't leave your people in the dark on either company. Make sure that your marketing group understands the needs of the internal uh, operations of the new company client that you're taking on. Make sure the company client understands the marketing process. The more they understand about process, the less you're going to have in terms of miscommunications and misunderstandings. So follow through. Keep an open door policy and help everybody take up the new reins and win this race. So in our last few minutes here, can you summarize for us the top tips that if uh, one of our listeners has a company um, in which uh, they would like to do this, yes. where should they start and how, to, how can they make it work? Yes, Three the first th- key right. points. The first thing you want to want to do if you're a marketing company, for example, is to select a company that's somehow in a niche market, somewhere where you can make a significant difference in their online sales. Okay? Niche They're, market. All right. right. They're doing okay. But you can see that you could make a fortune there and you could focus deeply and with, you know, strength, if you will, right? If you take on a company that is very widely spread over, uh, if you will, an inch deep and, you know, a thousand miles wide, this will be much harder to establish this revenue share process and for you to dig in deeply as a, um, a long-term project in your own marketing company. doesn't mean it's impossible, but much better to choose a niche. The second thing is to trust your gut, to get to know the person at the helm. If you cannot trust this person, you will know it. For heaven's sake, go in, if you will, with an open heart, just not an open mind, and think about it deeply. You know, are you getting butterflies in your stomach? Are you getting, you know, gut-wrenching? Seriously, this, this gut thought process is valuable, and you will know if you can trust this person or not. You yourself must be trustworthy. Know that about yourself. If you have a propensity to simply want to... How should I say, optimize every dollar <laughs> and so on. This isn't for you. Get That's over right. it. <laughs> you know? yep. It just isn't for you. Right? Uh, you're going to have to share. The whole idea is this revenue sharing. You have to have an open communications process. So, uh, again, very much like hiring a key employee, you're going to be thinking about this, about hiring almost a co-founder. Right, you partner in what you're about to do from both sides. You better be real comfortable. You better look at the world in similar ways. You better be generous with each other in the same kinds of ways. Uh, you better be, you know, open or not open or this or that, you know, in the same kind of ways. And it really better tend to that kumbaya, very open, warm and loving kind of relationship. If it's not you, it's not your style. This is not for you. Right? And if the other person that you're talking to does not feel that way to you, again, it's not for you and it's not for them. So look for that kind of personality at the helm. It's going to make a big difference. And I think those are my hottest tips. It's those really about the people, t- trusting the people. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. about selecting um, the niche market, selecting something with the mm-hmm. potential and then trusting yourself and then uh, trusting your uh, ally, your, the, the company right. that you're going to right. work with. And um, 
keeping open communications. I think that you have stressed that several times in this. um, So it has to be kind of innate in the other person, that they are that kind of person, that they communicate efficiently and not babble on forever, that they, um, I don't know, they they are as metrics driven as you are. Um, They have to have kind of a general, they have to come to the world from the same point of view in that way. There you go. Yeah. That's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. This has been Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music. We'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their support. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, iTunes, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on facebook.com slash podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about on a future CEO Coach episode. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy. This is with Jillian Music. And you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.